show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to watch Paddy McGuinness? <laughs> Through the telescopic sight of a loaded sniper rifle. <laughs> We're coming at you today from the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing are... He's a vegan who loves Doctor Who. No, not that prick you're thinking of. It's Michael Legg! <laughs> And with him, she's like a cross between Tinkerbell and a crack-addicted single mum. It's Lucy Porter. <laughs> and on my right, she appears on the Now Show as regularly as their joke. <laughs> it's Margaret Cable-Smith. And with her, he's like a shaved eagle staring into your soul, willing you to die. <laughs> it's Simon Munnery. We're two minutes closer to the end of the world, but before we get there, we have to play The Importance of Being Right. The Importance of Being Right. Like a misogynist troll in a cyber field full of feminists, I've run into some trouble online. In this round, I'm going to present each team with a problem, and they must tell me what is the right thing to do according to that wasp's nest of knowledge, the internet. So, Margaret and Simon, you've been invited to a cocktail party aboard the Orient Express. It's to show off their new menu and all the TV greats will be there. Greg Wallace, other people. <laughs> it's too fancy for your shitty wardrobe, so you've borrowed your friend's very expensive handmade evening gown. But uh-oh, the train screeches to an abrupt halt and half your Merlot ends up near the gusset area. After having it dry clean, the stain still hasn't come out and the dress is ruined. But what is the best way to break bad news? According to uk.askmen.com What's this evening gown that's got a gusset? <laughs> Why is yes, Simon I, wearing I, I, it? I, I, I <laughs> a gusset area. That wasn't surprised at. Uh, Have you but... ever borrowed something and ruined it? I don't think I've ever borrowed anything and not ruined it. <laughs> Especially in the gusset area. <laughs> I borrowed my friend Nikki's green silk crossover top and I adored it and I never wanted to give it back. And I kept saying, oh yeah, I'll give it back to you next time I see you. And then we sort of forgot about it and then I wore it on Have I Got News For You. <laughs> and she saw the broadcast in question and uh, then I gave it back to her and it ha because it's quite scary doing you know things and it it, it did have a, a Salty. crust of salt in the gusset area in the gusset area <laughs> and yeah I tried to give it back to her and she went actually it's fine I think it was probably because I didn't do very well on Have I Got News For You and she thought it's, it's stank of failure <laughs> on Mock the Week the wardrobe lady sewed those sweat catchers into my armpits <laughs> into your armpits <laughs> <laughs> it's all Frankenstein shit terrifying <laughs> well they make you wear sleeves on Have I Got News For You uh, no, no, on... <laughs> they make you wear sleeves <laughs> <laughs> on Mock the Week they, <laughs> they, they do they said because I was going to wear a sleeveless thing and they said no no we insist on sleeves to hide the self-harm scars. 
you do be... have quite a few sectarian tattoos. <laughs> Simon, have you ever ruined an outfit with food? No, no, I've just only improved them. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> I mean, literally. Because <laughs> um, one of my questions is, have you ever tried to give someone bad news and got it wrong? But that seems like it could end up in a bad place. <laughs> so... I've got well, yeah. I've got a terrible one of those, which is in no way funny. Where um, <laughs> oh, spit it out! Wait, come on. <laughs> it was. I, I have very low blood pressure. This is an aside, but um, I if I stand up too quickly, then I will quite often faint. And it was my first year at university. I was living in Hall's residence, and my room was next to the payphone. Payphone went one morning. I leapt out of bed answered the payphone and it was uh, the girl down the corridor's mum to say her dad had died suddenly and oh. she had to return told to you. Ireland told me over the oh phone and said will you break the news oh, oh my god what a and terrible so, mother and I, <laughs> sorry <laughs> terrible mother but I took the phone call and kind of went oh yeah that's absolutely fine and then suddenly I felt the colour drain from my face <laughs> And I fell over onto the phone and gashed my face open. And then kind of everyone heard the clattering and sort of people came out. And they picked me up and went, oh, my God, are you OK? And, of course, then breaking bad news... <laughs> with, a bleeding... <laughs> with a bleeding face going, listen, don't worry about this, your dad's dead. <laughs> well, you know when those situations where you go, I've been the biggest... Twat of all time. Like, could you I really not? did steal focus? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Sorry. Is... Anybody got a funny story? <laughs> funny death. My friend, when she was crying about her granny having just died, her boyfriend proposed to try and cheer her. <laughs> That's not what you want. <laughs> just tell people bad news during sex. Oh, that is a good idea. Or get them in a headlock first. <laughs> Both. <laughs> That's usually how I start sex. <laughs> so look out, guys. <laughs> you must have had to break some bad news, Michael. <laughs> I remember I phoned my agent once to tell her I tell her I had to cancel a gig because I'd broken my arm, and she said, oh, "What happens? I get hit by a Vespa scooter." And then she said, what colour was it? <laughs> I said, why? She went, I'm thinking of buying one. <laughs> that sounds like your agent wants to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret and Simon, uh, the simplified question. Mm, Should you sex. try and hedge... <laughs> Simon's very stupid. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> Should you try and hedge the bad news with a more positive comment, even if it's made up? For example, your hair looks lovely. Oh, and by the way, I ran over your cat. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, you're just looking at some sort of eternal truth. We're all going to die. Your dad's gone first. <laughs> no, yeah, advertising with... does not work. No. <laughs> your answer is no way of... Don't bother couching it. Well, let's go over to producer Ben, who has the actual answers. Well, Margaret and Simon are right. Don't catch it. Hedging the bad news with something that's not true in order to make your friend and yourself feel better undermines the point of breaking bad news in the first place. Uh, it's human nature to want to make a person feel better, but it's not always the right thing to do. Give your friend a brief verbal warning that you're about to drop a bomb on them. I think it's an American website. Um, by, saying, <laughs> by saying, you might want to sit down or I have something serious to tell you. So, point to Margaret and Simon. Yay! Yay. 
Michael and Lucy, it's your turn now. It's your joint best friend's birthday. You've not bought her a present yet and the party starts in just five hours. You both go for a stroll along the beach to clear your heads and work out if she preferred Keith Lemon the movie on DVD or a urinary tract infection. <laughs> Luckily, you have access to both. Unfortunately, all this thinking means you've strayed from the pebbles and onto the mudflats and you are sinking fast. Plus, you've left your phones in the car. What knobbers? <laughs> so what is the right way to escape from quicksand according to the worst-case scenario survival handbook? <laughs> Any time I've ever seen someone getting out of quicksand, mm -hmm. normally they've screamed for help. Is that not an answer? <laughs> what about the kindness of strangers? <laughs> Have you ever been stuck somewhere that scared you? Um, <laughs> existence? I haven't enjoyed any of that. Do you like going walking, Simon? Do I like walking? Yeah. Well, while you still can. Yeah. That, that sounded like a threat. <laughs> Everything I say sounds like a threat. But on reflection will turn out to be um, a comment about my own weakness. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I walk, I walk a lot. I got my second cab today of the festival. Second cab. I told the cab driver that as well. Was he impressed? He treasured my money. <laughs> Some were just jumping cabs, not, not me. I tease them. How did you, how did you tip? What? I mean, <laughs> do you tip? Do you I have done, I often do, but um, I didn't. <laughs> he gave me a reduction. Really? Yeah. See, Scottish cab drivers will often round it down and yeah. then I feel that guilt of the oh. English person and I go, I'm sorry for everything oh. we've done, have £10. I'm over that. <laughs> <laughs> I once, a, a taxi driver, back when they had Scottish £1 notes, we didn't have £1 notes. The change was going to be a fiver at least back, but it was, he gave me the Scottish £1 note and I knew it was deliberate. Even after, just, just as he drove off, I looked at him and went, Oh, like, you, you rely on the, the police and the ambulance service, but for me, taxis uh, are the third emergency service. Once you lose your faith in them. So if you're drowning in quicksand, call a Scottish taxi driver. That, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's the correct answer. The thing I love about taxi drivers in Edinburgh is you always say during the festival, say, I was over anything in the festival every time, well, me and the wife went to see the Lady Boys of Bangkok. Yes. <laughs> Only thing taxi drivers have ever seen. <laughs> that they're all slightly bi curious. That's, that's the way into being an Edinburgh taxi driver. I, I, it's probably a, you know a function of their profession, <laughs> sitting crushed up like that all the time. <laughs> it turns you bisexual. <laughs> their penises are between their legs the whole time, so they're like, I might be able to turn. Well, to this be honest, into... um, I don't know if you much to the, about the male anatomy to you, but. <laughs> Most uh, men, uh, their penises are rough. I, keep I, won't, no, I, won't I won't believe uh, it. Our penises, that's where they're there. And then they're standing there, sort of hat. Ha <laughs> It'd be brilliant just if this then. is where, yeah, where you found out it was just no, you. Just me, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is sat around I, their belly button. I don't know about the rest of men, but I'm not permanently erect. Uh, <laughs> I find most of the world unerotic. <laughs> and spectacularly so. <laughs> Come on, world, put some effort in. Well, I think we've answered that. Yeah. <laughs> OK, OK. 
okay, I'll simplify it. I'm uh, going to go for a serious answer. Oh, well, the thing from Bunty annuals, <laughs> where this was a common problem. There were girls in the 1950s uh, always seemed to get themselves stuck in quicksand, and the, uh, the, the solution... <laughs> Was, as the four Marys discovered, uh, was that you... <laughs> that is now a gay tribute act, but it was a, it was a thing, the four Marys. And uh, yeah, you, you don't panic is the main thing. You, you spread yourself out as much as you can. You occupy as much surface area as possible. Because that, that's then... good advice in life generally. <laughs> ben, is Lucy at all close? Lucy is at all close, yes. Uh, OK, so according to the Worst Case Survival Handbook, the adhesive quality of quicksand increases with shearing motion of your legs moving so move slowly to keep the viscosity as low as possible you're more buoyant in quicksand than you are in water so trying to float on your back by spreading your arms and legs is the best way to avoid its clutches point to Lucy Um, but when walking in quicksand country carry a stout pole it will help you get out should you need to and I guess in this scenario one of you could use the other one as a pole maybe (laughs) it's uh, happened before Points to Lucy. Hey. Thank you, Bunty. (laughs) At the end of that round, the points are even. (laughs) As the projectionist said before screening Johnny Depp's The Lone Ranger, it's time for some agony. This is the round in which the panel solve problems brought to them by the audience. But to get their agony auntie juices flowing, I'm first going to test their skills with a real-life agony aunt letter. Michael, can you please read it out? I definitely can. Dear agony aunt, I've been with my girlfriend for five years now, but last month I did a horrible thing. I snooped at the files on her laptop. On there, I found a recent letter written to a guy she had met years before we knew each other. She included an email address I had never seen before for him to contact her on. So, I decided to write to her pretending to be him. Just to see what her intentions were. In her reply, she told this guy she had been searching for him for years. That she'd like to catch up with him for... A (laughs) chit-chat. And that she was not married, no partner... Boo. (laughs) So, do I trust this girl? Or is she doing the dirty on me? What should I do, please help? What a fucking moron. (laughs) Simon and Margaret. What should this poor man do? Oh, poor man. Poor man. Poor moron. (laughs) Have you ever snooped on anybody? Um... Yes, constantly. <laughs> Is that so bad? <clears throat> I have to keep on top of my boyfriend's uh, taxes. Um, and does he know that you do this? Well, yes. Yeah, because... Oh, I was about to say because he'd be in prison if I didn't. Should I just say that? <laughs> oh, fuck him. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have read, uh, I've read three girls' diaries in my life. Have you? God, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad found my diary from when I was 15. He found it a few years ago, and the first thing he said was, "I haven't read it." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he had read it, and it wasn't even a diary, it was more of a wank calendar. <laughs> Just wank, 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 bot misplaced childhood by Marillion, wank, 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 wank. You, you wrote you, down you your wank? You actually wrote that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanked well, myself. Well, in longhand. <laughs> not, not just like, just numbers with a sort of cross through every... Yeah. <laughs> no, wank, I, took, I took it very seriously. <laughs> Did you note down what you were wanking to? Yes. Marillion? <laughs> so did you, but like, um, as I understand it, when uh, when you wank, like, people come just come into your head, did you sort of make notes what? after? <laughs> I love, as I understand it, when you wank, that's a... Having I, spoken to the males. Maybe when you wank, people come in your head. People tend to leave the room when I do it. Do you leave the room? That's really I, polite. I normally get a rip of applause. <laughs> do you have a set idea before you start? Or... <laughs> just go exactly, that sort of... Yeah, it's just like my stand-up. I have a few notes that I've made and I will try and hit the target. I always forget the but bit at the end. <laughs> never finished once. <laughs> You have a callback to an earlier Remember wank that you did. Uh... Yeah. <coughs> then there's a bit with a prop. <laughs> Could Some we raise the, the tone a little? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go over to producer Ben, who has the actual agony aunt answer. Can I simplify first? To just to say, did they say uh, stay with her or leave her? She hasn't done anything wrong, has she? She what? fucking has, you dickhead! Oh, yeah, you would think that. She's been in contact with a rival male. Yeah. And has an email that this man hasn't paid attention to. And denied having a partner. She oh, wants, yeah. Yeah, forgot she about wants chit-chat. <laughs> we know what that means. Yeah. Woman language. Yeah. <laughs> she wants a big gossip. <laughs> no, I confront her and lure her over to the laptop and point at what's on it and then snap it shut on her fingers and then um, and then they'll be even like a pretty woman yes. <laughs> let's go to producer Ben who has the actual answer okay this is what the agony aunt said sadly I think the answer is simple no you can't trust this girl and yes she probably is doing the dirty on you the fact she isn't honest in an email with another man suggests a complete lack of respect for you and the relationship you have a right to feel boo about this. Tell her what you've done. Yes, it's dishonest, but her behaviour is spurred on your suspicion, and rightly so. If she's remorseful, then maybe, just maybe, she's caught up in the attention of it all rather than anything else. But if she tries to shift all the blame on you and comes up with excuses, then I suggest you get out quick. See what I said. So, no points all round. Oh. No points. Well, now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's audience. Is Sarah Lewis in the audience? Sarah Lewis. Right, Sarah's problem is, I think the guy I wait for the bus with is in love with me, but I'm not interested. Oh. Oh. What's the problem then? <laughs> what the bus? You have to take public transport. Is that? <laughs> because he seems like a really nice young man. I just don't want to like break his heart. Oh. Are you? Are you in a relationship at the moment? No, but I'm just not interested. Oh. What's wrong with them? Nothing is wrong with him. No, what's have... wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> Details. 
he wears I mean he wears quite bad trainers <laughs> what a fucking evil cunt <laughs> how long do you how often do you see him and how long for I see him practically every day Monday to Friday wait for the bus I live in a village where the bus is usually late so you stand next to him for about 20 minutes every day so he lives in the village as well yes oh this is getting oh, more awkward yeah. isn't it does he know your mum <laughs> what village you, is this? It's just outside Stratford upon Avon. And why do you think Shakespeare? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, That'll be the answer. <laughs> always. <laughs> I, believe, I believe it says in uh, Twelfth Night. Um, if the man ye be waiting for a stop of bus is <laughs> not someone you want to be one of us, <laughs> tell him to go forth. Mm. Sounds I more like Roger McGough. <laughs> In true Shakespearean style, what you should do is disguise yourself as a boy <laughs> and say, Pretty right. sir, I, uh, <laughs> I cannot marry thee, for I am one of thine own kind. <laughs> Except, of course, now they can. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm they can a worms, Lucy. Next time we ask you what you've been doing at the weekend, you say, I've been having sex with a lady. <laughs> or Michael Legg. Yeah. <laughs> Get Michael Legg to, to I'm really good him. at it. <laughs> I've never had a complaint. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> I think you should marry him. Michael Legg or yeah. bus stop boy? Uh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Basically... It's not going to get better than that. <laughs> How much if, do you... If it loves you, marry it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, you might be able to trade up later. <laughs> Sarah, who has been yes. most helpful with that problem? Um, I don't know. I feel a bit sorry for Lucy from earlier on about what she said. So I'm just oh, say Lucy. thank you. <laughs> I'll take that point. I'm very happy to have that. Is uh, is Vaughan here? Is hello? We got so Vaughan's problem is my girlfriend shoves her finger in my mouth every time I yawn. It's annoying. I just want to yawn. <laughs> so this is a brilliant problem. How, how long have you been going out with your girlfriend? About two and a half years. And have you told her you don't like it? Yeah, like every time. Is it her engagement finger she puts in? <laughs> <laughs> you, you from Northern Ireland somewhere? Yeah. Is she from Northern Ireland as well? Yeah. It's probably an Northern Ireland thing. It's a... <laughs> it Michael. is. It is. It is definitely. What uh, the cure for that is definitely just be sick. <laughs> I almost did once, and I, I didn't really put her off. She sounds like a bitch. Oh, yeah, she's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I try to put my finger in her mouth and then she just bites it and, like, leaves Mark. Oh. I'll tell you what, penis vagina. <laughs> That'll teach you. Every, <laughs> well, every time he yawns. <laughs> Does she wash it? Sounds complicated. Has she got clean hands? Uh, I hope so. But you know how sometimes your hands smell um, like your bum? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, I thought I'd revealed too much. <laughs> well, Is she could... boring? Is that why you keep yawning? <laughs> you build a sort of cupboard around your face. Uh, <laughs> shut the door when you want to yawn. I'm She's... really bad at DIY. Uh, so. <laughs> you sound like you'd already thought of that. <laughs> Vaughan, you know, it's polite. It's good manners, even, to put your hand over your mouth when you yawn. Uh... 
Oh, he's hit the nail on the head. I'm just saying, she's making a point, young man. It's yours, yeah, that's it. But her point is actually ruder than his point. (laughs) He started it. it. (laughs) This is how fights start, isn't it? Yeah. Who would have thought two people from Northern Ireland wouldn't get on? (laughs) So utterly trivial. It's a sectarian divide. (laughs) (laughs) She has every right to put her finger in that area. (laughs) Every right. And Vaughan, who gave you the best advice? Uh, I think Mike was right. I should probably start covering my mouth. Uh, Carbud, carbud. Thank you very much, Vaughan. Um, okay, let's check the scores with producer Ben. I'm going to have to shout them. It's one to Margaret and Simon, and three to Michael and Lucy. Oh, Thank God the agony is over. Now it's once again time to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, I ask our panel to put themselves in the stinky shoes of an expert and walk a mile without getting bunions, which is another way of saying they have to second guess what our expert thinks is the right thing to do in extreme situations. So please welcome today's expert, head chef Michael Prentice. <laughs> He's a head chef! Woo! What restaurant are you head chef of? First Coast, Dalry Road. Do you case for vegans at your restaurant? What are they? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna fucking find out in a minute, mate. <laughs> well, right, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second guess what Mike says he would do in some restaurant kitchen based scenarios, but before then you've got a minute or two to ask him some questions and get to know him a little bit better. I've got a question about cookery. <laughs> Why? Did you know that there's a Christmas dinner flavoured pot noodle? <laughs> and have you ever made anything more depressing than a Christmas dinner flavoured pot noodle? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> to be honest. Earlier on, you were saying that you had some knives with you, which I presume you I do. use they're, for your They're in my bag just over there. Um, do you ever have cause to use a gun? during cooking <laughs> <laughs> not really we don't do the bang bang chicken and marriage hey! <laughs> let's, st- let's stop there we're not talking now guys what's the worst thing that you've done to someone's dinner <laughs> <laughs> come on go on no you have to aunt. alright what's the third worst thing yeah. <laughs> That is actually what I meant. What is uh, the worst thing? Uh, uh, he can't say this because this is part one of the scenarios. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, already. Right, let's have the first. Oh, 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 can I ask him another question, yeah? Oh, go on then, quickly. Right, chefs, they're either fat or thin. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> chefs. Yeah, it's the same as gods. <laughs> it's called, uh, You're good, you're middly. Um, what? Medley? Let's <laughs> <laughs> muscle. I'm going to ask a question. It is New Year's Eve and your restaurant is full to bursting. In the kitchen, you're slicing up the pumpkin for your Sri Lankan pumpkin and chickpea curry when one of your sous chefs knocks a massive pan on the floor. You're so distracted, you slice off the side of your finger and blood starts spurting out. What would Mike do in this situation? Blue plaster. <laughs> nice. I've worked in kitchens. Uh, you'd stick on a blue plaster and carry on regardless because it's, it it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. 
end of the fingers come off? I think he'd just laugh it off. <laughs> he'd just grow another one really quickly. <laughs> Was it Christmas at the beginning of this? <laughs> Not the show, it's no. It's New Year's Eve. Oh. So I was close, wasn't I? Yeah, you were paying attention. Like, someone cuts their finger off. What, if you're a chef? Does it matter what day of the year it is? <laughs> if you're a chef and you cut yeah, your finger off? Yeah, because if it was Halloween, you might make a feature of it. I was once cutting a, um, a bap and I had it on my hand and I was cutting through and it went straight through my hand. Ooh, it's yeah. grown back nicely, I think. <laughs> do, um, do you use the blue plasters, Mike? Well, obviously, you've worked you... in kitchens before, you see the blue plasters, but there's mm. never a blue plaster in the area. No. Yeah. So, you get thermal tape. Ooh! And cling film. Oh. And that works. However, there's a problem when you put your hand under the grill, because obviously it conducts heat. <gasps> it just goes straight to your finger. But it stays on. How bad an injury does it have to be before you go to hospital? If fingers come off, I mean, <laughs> go to the hospital. It depends how much of the finger. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Side of the fingers off, anything below the nail. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Number two. It's a lovely summer evening and the restaurant is full. Sam's so going to complain about this. Yeah. <laughs> One customer is proving particularly tiresome, constantly badgering their waiter and sending back their roast aubergine starter for containing too many pine nuts. They order the hake with crispy polenta and red pepper relish. However, when it arrives, they complain about it the polenta's too crispy red pepper isn't red enough they want it remade to their liking what would Mike do? Mm. Margaret have you ever sent food back from a restaurant because you didn't like it? I know precisely because I'm properly terrified of people putting their penis in my soup <laughs> and whatever specifically um, the penis <laughs> is there a penis in your well, hate? well it's the worst bit isn't hey, it? <laughs> No, no, it isn't. <laughs> in fact, a friend of mine, um, he had this salad and he said there was a seed in it that didn't taste of anything and he was really... Uh, it was his really own freaked penis. Out by... <laughs> no, oh, stuff. God! <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> um, he's a very well-meaning, nice man, but even he was like... He, he, he called the waiter over and said, what is this? Um, and the waiter said, oh, I, I don't know. And he took a fork full of it and went back to the kitchen, <laughs> came back and said, yeah, I'm sorry, it's soil. <laughs> and it was a salad. It was salad that just hadn't been washed properly. But my friend paid for that, ate it and paid for it. Didn't kick up a fuss. And I'm sort of like that. That's a good yeah. question. Like, do you despise customers? <laughs> <laughs> I remember ordering like a vegetarian whatever it was from some restaurant and they brought it over to me and there was ham on it, a big bit of ham. <laughs> like a probably like a gammon steak and I was like, oh no, I ordered the vegetarian thing. Now it had potatoes on it, yeah. just potatoes and a gammon steak. <laughs> and they're like, oh, sorry, we'll, we'll get you the vegetarian thing. And then brought it back and it was a vegetarian thing but the potatoes now had little bits of tuna on it. <laughs> I said, no, and, the, and the, the waitress just went, well, I'll take it back, but you know that was made specially for you. Um, Michael's vegan. If he came to you and asked for a dish with the cream removed, would you do that? From what or dish you, are we talking about? removed? Or would you, it's in it and then he yeah, take it I know. It's very I think with cream in it, and he says, can you take the cream out? Does that annoy you? Not if it's already in it, we can't really take it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking Heston Blumenthal, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
can't really extract things. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that would be a great addition. You bring it on with loads of cream and then, and then you take the cream out. It's a kind of a, was it, a, a homeopathic cream. <laughs> it was there, it's gone now. <laughs> Nostalgia of a cream. <laughs> Mike, what would you actually do in this situation with your fussy customer? You can't presume that the customer's always right. It's a, it's a common myth. You can't. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't. Customers are dick. They're, they're not always right. I'm sorry, they're not. No, it's annoying when everyone comes in the restaurant and they automatically think they're a fucking food critic. So maybe just penis time. <laughs> Thank you very much, expert Mike. Now, before you go, would you like to plug your restaurant again? Would I like to plug it? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> advertise. Advertise like, it. Would you like to tell us what it's called? First Coast. And how good is it? Oh, it's banging. <laughs> expert head chef Michael Prentice! <laughs> Now, before we hit the final round, let's see what the scores are, producer Ben. Margaret and Simon have got one still, but Michael and Lucy have got four. This next round is so wrong, it's right. Hopefully, it's do the wrong thing. by telling me what is the wrong thing to do in each situation. The winner gets a kettle and the loser a photograph of a horse. Both items were given to me by my parents on my 18th birthday. <laughs> and that is a true fact. Here's the first wrong thing. Your new lover dies while you're having sex. What is the wrong thing to do? Wait for rigor mortis to set in and finish yourself off. <laughs> Sorry. I think not tell its owner that it died oh. immediately. Uh, oh. Couch it in some good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are the king of the seagulls. What is the wrong king, thing king to do? King of the seagulls. King yeah. of the seagulls. King of the seagulls. Thank you. Uh, not, not everyone's noticed. <laughs> I mean, certainly they decorate me most mornings. <laughs> you find Lord Luke and hiding in a cupboard. What's the wrong thing to do? Uh, go, ah! You killed your nanny, thought you killed your wife. <laughs> You're approaching St. Peter at the gates of heaven. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, <laughs> wank him off. A, a sin. <laughs> Any kind of sin at that point. You know, I mean, you're nearly there, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just got a cover and ox right in front of him. There might be an ox just drifting yeah. by. Oh, look at that ox. <laughs> Sorry, downstairs. <laughs> As a tour guide on a pier might say, this is the end. Producer Ben, what are the final scores? Well, Michael and Lucy still have four. But Margaret and Simon have now got five! Yeah! Well done, Margaret and Simon. Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye! Do the right thing to introduce the Simon Munro, Marlon Cablesmith, Michael Legg, expert guest head chef, expert guest head chef Michael Prentice, and me, Danielle Ward. I advise you to introduce Ben Walker, and we've got a script together with extra material from David Reed. Martin White did the music. Thanks for the pleasure. Thanks for having us. <laughs>